Smartcast. You are listening to a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hi, welcome to Why Not Mint Money. I'm Satya Sundaram from Mint's personal finance team. Have you heard about hedge funds? Just Google and you will see that hedge funds use risky investment strategies to generate returns. In this episode, we'll get to know what hedge funds are called in India, how risky they are, and who can invest in them. As a bonus, you'll also get to know how to become a hedge fund manager in India. For this episode, we invited Shankar Narayan and Krishnan, Quant Hedge Fund Manager from Motilal Oswal Financial Services Limited. Let's invite him. Welcome to Why Not Mint Money, a personal finance podcast where we help you understand basic money concepts and share strategies for you to build your wealth. So let's get started with your money journey. Your LinkedIn profile says you're a one hedge fund manager. Now, hedge fund manager sounds so sophisticated and fancy to most. So, what is the uh, typical reaction when uh, people uh, give when you say you work as a hedge fund manager? Uh, if I say that to my mother, it means nothing to her <laughs> because uh, she'd be like, "Okay, you know what? Whatever uh, doesn't matter." Uh, which perhaps is the reaction I get from most people who are not associated with finance in some way, and even for those people associated with finance, sometimes they don't understand it, mm-hmm. which is fine. Uh, it's a niche that exists in the market. How is a hedge fund manager different from? any other fund manager actually conceptually not very different it's just that hedge fund managers get more liberties to do things more differently they can trade things which uh, uh, normal fund manager perhaps not able to trade they have the ability to take leverage uh, in doing their trades they have the ability to go short they have the ability to trade multiple asset classes uh, they can trade go and go out very frequently so outside of all of that uh, there isn't from a philosophical standpoint uh, someone could say someone could make an argument that hedge fund managers increasingly are alpha chasers so they they are the ones who really look for alpha which has uh, traditional fund manager is someone who would give you most of the market returns with some slight bit of alpha i don't like that uh, classification because uh, i feel that you know they don't have the flexibility to do a lot of stuff so it's unfair to compare the two in that way it's perhaps mutual fund manager is uh, a mutual fund that because they are suitable for most investors mutual fund managers have to cater to the interests of most investors uh, whereas hedge fund typically are suitable or applicable to the higher net worth individuals who have an appetite to take higher levels of risk so these structures and styles of investing are suited more for them so from that perspective i think trading styles also change and emerge that's a key difference sure to put it simply uh, a mutual fund manager cannot take leverage and invest in or trade in derivatives but a hedge fund manager can do so yeah hedge fund manager does not need to compulsorily take exposure to derivatives okay hedge fund managers can take very concentrated bets in a narrow theme also and they can switch themes also mutual fund manager does not have that kind of flexibility in being able to switch so i am talking about now a long only hedge fund manager versus a long only uh, mutual fund long only yeah but on long only long only meaning uh, you are only basically buying a stock hoping that it will go up in valuation over time uh, you don't make money if the uh, stock goes down 
that and there, there's no case in which you will be better off if the stock goes down so that's long only uh, most mutual fund actually all mutual fund belong to that category of long only uh, there are hedge funds which also fall under the same umbrella same ambit but they tend to be more thematic in nature they trade a particular style particular theme uh, they can run more concentrated books they are not so worried about uh, you know relative underperformance in a short time frame because uh, they they tend to have very high active shares so they look very very different from their portfolio perspective as compared to that of the benchmark uh, but that relative benchmarking is not a sword which is hanging over their necks as compared to with the traditional mutual fund manager who now and uh, hence there may be from time to time huge performance divergences the objective is because of a concentrated portfolio and because you believe in a particular theme and because you can churn lot higher uh, over a period of time let's say 5 years 7 years whatever you expect to generate more returns and who is someone who is running a concentrated book that someone who is willing to take on more risk so it, it falls back to the same argument that we made initially that hedge funds are suitable for people who have the appetite to take on that large higher risk as compared to a, a mutual fund investor sure sure and uh, what are the types of uh, hedge funds in india so the largest category today is long only hedge funds uh, which i just spoke about but then there are also funds which uh, run long short strategies long short strategies mean that you are also making money in some situations uh, when the market or some of your holdings go down in valuation right uh, so long short very simply if you put let's say you uh, invest in five stocks and you bet on them to go up but at the same time you also invest in two stocks and you bet on them to go down you benefit if your call goes right not just on one but on both sides right uh, so that is long short in long short you can actually tailor your fund based on your risk appetite so you can run a long short strategy where you are trying to keep out the market risk completely or only trading the spread between these two meaning uh, relative to the market let's say one company goes up by 2% and the other company goes down by 2% that particular long short strategy which takes out the market element completely is flat right uh, versus let's say there is a market element and that market element may not be the same in both of these companies when market element is higher in one and lower in the other let's say market goes up then in that kind of a long short fund which is not neutralizing the market element that tends positive returns and on the vice versa so uh, depending on how much market exposure you want to take you can either go from a debt plus kind of a long short fund which gives you slightly better than debt returns to going on the same line to equity minus which is giving you something like a bap returns better than bap returns to equity plus which is actually leveraging on uh, leveraging higher than what equity is expected to give you so that the entire spectrum uh, and funds which exist in all of these absolute return means every year you are expected to generate positive returns uh, equity minus means that you give equity kind of returns but you reduce the risk by a significant portion equity plus of course means you give same risk as equity but increase returns that's the spectrum other than that there's a third category which not very uh, not, not many people really invest in which is um actually trying to hedge out something hedge meaning protect against some event now there could be various uh, ways in which you could do it you could say i don't like anything greater than a 5% fall in my portfolio value 
so i want to ensure my portfolio against anything greater than a 5% fall that's a hard uh, you know uh, policy that i need to follow someone else may think that i i don't mind the standard volatility that comes in the market from time to time because i'm a seasoned investor but there will be these generational opportunities which come because market goes down significantly like covid and i want to be able to protect myself in those time frames because if i have capital available with me at that point in time when the market is down 30% 40% i want to be able to deploy all the money that i have at that point in time because i know from here market is going so just to think about it march of 2020 i think we had around 7700 7800 levels of nifty i don't think in my lifetime i'm going to ever see that nifty level again right so people who missed out on that buying opportunity have missed out on whatever 150 200 300 returns a lot of people uh, at least in their prop books would have actually borrowed money at 7 8% 10% and deployed money in the market because they know that the spread that they earn over the interest rate is going to be much higher a hedge product which is hedging against those events is actually going to help you by giving you capital right at that point so there are funds which try to target that so this is a smaller category i, I believe uh, but that's also something which uh, over time i feel there'll be increasing interest in these kind of structures and these kind of categories sure the third category that you talked about so it could be also suitable to very wealthy people right because they don't want to see their uh, such high levels of uh, money going yeah. down the yeah yeah train so, so globally i think there is a category called overlay strategies okay the idea is you have a portfolio as a wealthy individual and uh some some of uh, some of the people may believe that that portfolio is lying idle i bought it i have bought these stocks i'm not going to sell it but it's lying in my dp how do i make the most of it so there will be some hedge funds or some guys like this who will come and say you know what we'll use that as margin with some small surplus capital and we'll create a strategy for you which gives you incremental 1 2% returns on top of your portfolio so that your portfolio is actually put to work it's not lying idle some others may use the same portfolio and say you know what this is my portfolio i want to hedge this portfolio like you just mentioned and i'm okay with every 10 15% correction from time to time that happens that is reality what i'm not okay with is a 50% fall suddenly and more so than not being okay with a 50% fall is the ability to be able to deploy at those bottom levels right so uh, yeah i uh, this is some overlays as a category are reasonably large i think trillion dollar plus in the us not present in india as much but i would think over time um, with increasing awareness and increasing cross pollination of these kind of ideas from globally uh, i i would think this will become a important major in our category as well sure um shikhar what is the difference between uh, aifs alternative investment funds and hedge funds so actually there's no difference aif is just an india specific term hedge fund is a global term india doesn't have any category called hedge funds so anyone who wanted to do things like that uh, which were uh, typically done by hedge fund globally would call themselves an aif so i am actually strictly speaking an aif manager because uh, there's no such thing called hedge funds in india or you could say hedge funds are called aifs in india so there's actually no difference 
But AAFs in India could also include investing in startups, which is uh, right. category one and category right. so, AIFs actually are an umbrella term in India for private equity, venture capital, traditional long only hedge fund as well as long short hedge fund. So everything comes under the same AIF umbrella. Uh, there are different categories. I think uh, CAT 1 is primarily private equity, CAT 2 is debt, venture debt. So more than 60-65% invested in debt securities and CAT 3 is uh, um, everything else basically. So there's no clear distinction, but which essentially is the category where equity strategies, equity long only, long short, hedge strategies, all these strategies decide in category three. Sure, sure. And uh, who typically invests in uh, hedge funds? You already mentioned that only you know um, big customers with large sums of money invest in this, but uh, is it because of the complex uh, complexity in the strategies that these hedge funds use? Uh, that it is not suitable for a retail investor? Uh, yes, so I'd like to set the context that globally uh, the largest clients for hedge funds are not individuals no matter how wealthy they are the largest clients for hedge funds are pensions and sovereign wealth funds Because? who have a particular allocation uh, that they want to make to different types of strategies, right? So they'll have a private equity allocation, they'll have a hedge fund allocation, they'll have a venture debt, venture capital, asset reconstruction, different kinds of allocations. Why? Because they have the sophistication that is necessary to understand these strategies in a detailed manner and see how they fit into the broader portfolio. As opposed to that, uh, for a retail investor, uh, and why it is restricted to high net worth individuals of course because the risk profile is different uh, and it involves a lot of things which retail investors in India don't do like taking leverage and in investing uh, investing short using futures derivatives these are things which uh, retail investors may be doing at their individual trading capacity uh, but it's not really you know the easiest part to making money for retail investors for sure uh, so, from a governance standpoint, uh, a regulator like SEBI, the primary intent of the regulator is to make sure that no mis-selling happens. Right? With a mutual fund, a lot of restrictions and guardrails can be put in terms of uh, keeping the structure simple enough that leverage is not allowed, it's a strict no, uh, you can't short, you can't do naked shots, and a lot of those regulations you can't have more than a particular exposure in a particular company, you have to adhere to those norms and concentration limits and so on. Uh, and portfolios are disclosed on a daily basis, uh, benchmarked against a particular index, which is also widely available, broad-based, reasonably and so on. Is a product which is suitable for all kinds of investors. Again, even within mutual funds, there are funds which belong to different ends of the risk spectrum. Uh, but at least it's very clear. Whereas hedge funds often tend to follow more opaque practices, and um, they tend, they have the ability to take leverage and because SEBI has allowed AIFs to take leverage at any given point in time, any AIF can end up actually taking leverage so long as they are within the norms and this is not something that perhaps is communicated to investors, right? Uh, so it's uh, from that perspective, SEBI has made it more difficult and this is not just SEBI doing this, globally hedge funds are not accessible to retail investors, you need, in the US you need to be a accredited investor which means you need to have a uh, I think a net worth of 
some few million dollars and the minimum investment is i think 250000 dollars so uh, if you have that kind of money then you can invest in uh, these funds because there, there is a i think at least a perceived risk is definitely there that it is higher than uh, a normal panel amount Sure, and it's also said that you know you have to invest in an asset class only if you understand that. And I think sure. most retail investors cannot understand these you know complex strategies. Yeah. And I know, personally, uh, you know what, it perhaps goes against uh, my, uh, you know, uh, not against my profession, but uh, maybe I'm just making matters difficult for myself by saying this. But I personally feel that Nifty 500 kind of an investment is fantastic for most investors, irrespective of whether they're rich or not so rich, but. uh often times index yeah index fund 2500 index fund is a fantastic investment for a lot of people the reason why hedge funds exist and why they have existed globally is because a uh, lot of people have different requirements with their portfolio so let's take an example of an absolute return fund someone who's uh, you know has a net worth of 1000 crores is perhaps happy to take a product which gives them slightly better than liquid fund returns but does so very consistently with the same frequency and consistency as a liquid fund and is very liquid so for them a hedge fund is a good alternative but the same product is not so suitable for someone whose net worth is perhaps 20 lakhs or 10 lakhs because they have to now first get to that 100 crore or 1000 crore level before they actually uh, you know settle down and think okay this lower returns is good enough for me i just need to compound slowly from this base Right, so wealth creation often times may not happen with these sophisticated strategies. Wealth preservation, perhaps, what happens? That's not true of every fund that exists mm-hmm. in the AI space, but uh, at least philosophically, that's also something that one should consider. So it's not as risky as as it is perceived. Yeah, there are different. So it exists on the spectrum, right? So if you uh, give me a small cap fund and mutual funds, and you give me an absolute return strategy, which actually just just commodity arbitrage in AIFs. I would pick the commodity arbitrage fund any day purely from a risk perspective. I will not get dead return. This small cap fund in a given given year can generate hundred percent returns for me. The arbitrage fund is still going to return me seven eight percent, right? So I will I will not pick the arbitrage fund because I am not happy with seven eight percent. But from a riskiness perspective, this is any day less risky as compared, right? So yeah, that difference is always there. So we cannot come to a conclusion or we cannot come to a number on what would be the average return from hedge funds right yeah it's a very disparate uh, yeah. heterogeneous cat- uh, category mm. i think sebi is increasingly trying to uh, declutter some of the noise and classify or force funds to classify themselves to adhere to a category and i think it is baby steps in towards the direction of eventually starting to categorize them as well as we uh, one would do in mutual funds Uh, so that there's a clear category average that is determined, and then you instead of trying to say these funds underperform Nifty funds, so there are a lot of statements which you will if you Google hedge funds and hedge fund performance, uh, not just India everywhere. It just Google hedge fund performance. Some of the few first few articles you will see is hedge funds have underperformed yet again in the last ten years versus Nifty. Well, they are they are expected to underperform because they run a point two beta. They don't run a one beta. The point to beta, point to beta meaning let's say uh, beta is basically how sensitive your portfolio is with with respect to the market. So a one beta means if market goes up by one percent, your portfolio goes up by one percent. A point to beta means if market goes up by one percent, your portfolio goes up by point two percent. In a ten year bull run for S and P five hundred, 
uh, where it averaged I think 13, 14, 15 percent in dollar terms, maybe more than that in INR. You don't expect a hedge fund strategy whose objective is not at all to give you that kind of returns to beat the market, right? And then hence it's not a like for like comparison. But what SEBI is doing very well is increase. First, it's starting to create these categorizations. When these categorizations are there, I would think there would be a category average. That's like a benchmark performance for that category. As a, as a fund now, have I outperformed or underperformed that category? Then it's a fairer comparison. Of course, it can still be heterogeneous, but it's still less heterogeneous compared to now clubbing all AIs together into one homogeneous bucket and saying, you know what, hedge fund average returns is 9%, Nifty is 12%, so it underperformed by 2%. That, that's not a logical argument. Understand. So it's not that uh, because it is a hedge fund, it has to give higher return because it's a hedge fund and hedge fund uh, is to meet a specific uh, requirement of one's portfolio. Yeah, exactly. It's not to be looked from a return perspective. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what is the minimum investment limit for uh, to invest in H1s? So, uh, the regulatory limit is 1 crore um, in India. Depending on an individual fund requirement, they can raise the limit to be more than 1 crore as well because sometimes uh, some of this money may have to be locked in for some strategies follow a lock in philosophy where you, your money can't be taken out before 5 years or 3 years or whatever. So, if one crore is the limit, and let's say you're a person with a net net worth of 10 crores, 20 crores, you may feel tempted to invest in this one crore fund. Whereas that fund, those funds may perhaps be locked in for five years. What if there is a liquidity event in your life and you need that liquidity? It becomes very difficult at that point in time. So a lot of those strategies try to increase the threshold a bit more. So if they if for example they increase from one crore to five crores. Then someone who has a net worth of 20 crores is now suddenly going to think, hey, you know what, I, I don't want to be investing 25% of my portfolio in this fund, right? So those kind of, uh, I think that's what people want to, like fund houses also want to dissuade someone who uh, has need for capital from investing in those strategies which have a, a larger lock-in, lower visibility of when money would come out. Sure, sure. So, uh, could you think of any minimum net worth uh, when a person should invest in AAF? Um, I would think, I would put it this way, if the AIF investment, a single AIF investment exceeds more than 10% of your overall net worth, uh, I would be a bit skeptical with investing my own money, uh, with uh, if my net worth is like 10, more than 10% of my net worth is invested in a single AIF, which naturally means that if 1 crore is the limit, then 10 crores becomes a uh, net worth requirement. But you can, uh, that's also out, uh, lot, lot of people don't look at it like that also. A lot of people say, I don't want more than 10% of my equity allocation to be in AIFs and I want 60% of my overall net worth to be in debt. So then it becomes a lot higher number. So 40% becomes 10 crores. So then you do the math. Sure, sure. So what are the risks that comes with uh, investing in hedge funds? So depending on, again, so there are a lot of risks. Uh, one is market risk, depending on how much exposure you're taking to the market to get the market risk. Uh, so that's common for hedge funds, for uh, mutual funds, etc. On top of that, lot of these hedge funds trade spreads, meaning long short, like I said. 
over there uh, you may be conceptually right with taking a trade conceptually right does not mean the market should reward you immediately maybe it converges over a period of time but there is some temporary dislocation which happens that leads to a risk and of course the risk of uh, now so this is not the risk which would appear in a document but the risk of not understanding truly what the mechanics of the aif is or the hedge fund is because you know what to expect from what to expect exactly because if you go in expecting something and it turns out to be something completely different but it was within what the fund was ex- actually designed to do then the problem perhaps is not with the fund manager because the fund manager did what was expected of them but maybe because there was a a uh, translation gap or there was a communication gap because of which the com- complete message did not get disseminated well enough so that's a that's a challenge the more complicated a strategy the higher the likelihood of some some of this happening in a long strategy you know it's not that problematic so tomorrow let's say i uh, tell you i have a fund which will invest in small uh, cap companies uh, which i expect in those themes which i expect to really blow out in the next 5 years but these will all be small cap companies and i will only go long i will only buy i will not short if i give you this it's very straight forward right the risk that you can think of is illiquidity you can't really think of anything which you don't understand it's very clear the only thing is my call may go wrong that's fine that can happen everywhere but if i tell you you know what i'm going to trade this uh, trade this spread uh, which is a value spread and i want to see whether the spread contract between value and quality if you don't understand what i'm talking about i may show you some return numbers and you may be impressed by the return numbers but i may be doing something which you don't understand at all that's a bigger challenge that's a risk uh, honestly i think if we are able to address that then the space grows a lot better than what it has grown so far great um let's uh, end this session with a with something on a lighter note uh, for the other side of the audience so what should one study to become a hedge fund manager in india um good question i I would say I was an accidental hedge fund manager because I didn't plan to be a hedge fund manager when I graduated from campus. I wanted to do something in finance back then. If what did you had, do? What did you do? Yes, yeah, so, uh, for for grad. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I went to IIM Indore, and uh, out of campus, I wanted to get into finance, right? So and I am an engineer, so I wanted to get into finance because I thought I am good at numbers. and i was okay if it was investment banking i was okay if it was a markets role it ended up being something like devising quant strategies on the sell side for north american asset managers at a time when quant strategies were picking up in the us so i just landed up in the right place at the right time uh that's not to say the quant managers are the only hedge fund managers hedge fund managers can exist in discretionary as well although the size is shrinking for that discretionary segment what is discretionary discretionary is uh, you know you take a call based on your views your understanding of the market not based on a model which guides you to do it quant is completely quantitative so um, if you if you are interested in going going about the quant route i can talk about that which is uh, you know learn quantitative techniques which means you need to have a reasonably good understanding of statistics uh machine learning is picking up increasingly so if you can build up expertise on that build up applicable use cases for how the machine learning algorithms can be used in trading great and finance at the last that you understand market mechanics uh, fundamental analysis and so on but that's not the most important requirement at least for a quant fund manager because quant fund managers rely on 
statistical techniques, rely on machine learning models, uh, and then once these things are in place, they just want to apply it into a finance-based. So th that's the toolkit. So you familiarize yourself with the toolkit, then you apply this toolkit into a particular space, which happens to be finance. Uh, so if you have all of these ticked out, then you start out. At least when I was graduating, there were in quant shops in India. But now there are quant shops in India, whether it is on the prop side or on asset managers, asset management side. Most asset management houses, not most, but few of them at least have uh, some presence in the quant space. Uh, like join some of those places because that gives you a good practitioner's view of how some of these models and tools are actually used in trading strategies because. Till then, your experience is completely limited to how a strategy would look like on paper. The implementation aspect is critical as well. So once you've gained experience on the actual uh, implementation aspect is when you can explore further uh, down as to whether you want to, you know, branch out and start something of your own or go in as a fund manager in some place, which perhaps takes, uh, well, I was lucky enough that I was in the space at the right time because uh, back when I was a quant analyst, there weren't much, uh, much shops which had really a need for someone like me, which meant there weren't enough people also, so the competition int intensity uh, wasn't as high back then. Right now, uh, I see a lot many more people reaching out, asking if they could intern, which which was a rarity when I was graduating, right? Uh, they could intern here, uh, they could uh, you know get a sense, or they could even get on a call with me to understand what is it that I do and so on. So. Uh, competition will only increase going forward because the size is expected to at some level blow up uh, it's a matter of time maybe two years five years whatever but uh, so you you need to make sure you are in the space there will be enough opportunities for sure uh, but that opportunities will also be taken up by people who are in the right space at those point in time so ideas to be there ideas to kind of and it's a never-ending process and it's so fast evolving that uh, if I stop learning, I become redundant and someone else can take my place very easily. It's uh, not so... Uh, because ultimately, what, what is my worth? My worth is the model that I can make, right? It's not really uh, what my views on the markets are. Because I'm not a discretionary manager, like I said. So if someone can make a better model than me, then what am I here for? What am I getting paid for? Might as well pay the other guy, right? So it's constantly evolving. Uh, so even for seasoned guys who are uh, around, like people like me who've been around for some time, uh, we need to be on our toes. That's yes. sure. Sure. Thank you so much for uh, decoding this uh, seemingly difficult concept like uh, hedge funds. Thank you so much for joining. Me. <laughs> Thank, thanks, Satya. Pleasure. Sure, sure. That's all for now in this episode, listeners. If you have any queries or suggestions, you can reach out to me on Twitter. My handle is at Satya Sontanam, S-A-T-Y-A-S-O-N-T-A-N-A-M. Or you can also write to us at mintmoney at livemint.com. Bye-bye. This was a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.